amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana community. Where We Landed is supported today by Moving Real Estate, a full-service real estate firm serving Grant County. With a combined total of over 90 years experience, our agents strive to handle each client with professionalism while navigating the ever-changing real estate market. Our focus is to provide exceptional service and build a long-term relationship with our clients as they embark upon their dream home journey. There's no better feeling for us than helping people reach their home ownership goals. If you're ready to make a move, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit our website at movingrealestate.net or give us a call at 765-674-MOVE, M-O-V-E. That's 765-674-M-O-V-E. A word of care. Toward the end of this episode, Steve shares his story of a close family member's suicide. Please use caution when listening as this topic may trigger distress. Welcome, everybody, to Where We Landed. We are excited to have you here for this week's episode. We have a a great guest lined up. Uh, To get us started, though, I'm going to, you know, ease in a little bit. We're going to do a few just warm-up questions. Um, Be like we're all friends here, so um, just get to know each other a little better. Does that mean you picked out hard ones because we're all friends here? (laughs) No, I think they're fun. I think think they're fun. All right. Um, And actually, this first one... You guys have known each other going back to to college. So you guys might actually know the answer for each other on this one. Uh, What was your um, username for like your chat? Like either AOL, MSN. I mean, that ages you a little bit. It would have been ICQ. ICQ (laughs) Messenger for me. (laughs) Yeah, same. And I think it was S quad. So S squad Uh 06, which was my baseball number. Um, but yeah, I did a lot of ICQ messages. Uh oh, uh oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have no idea what mine was. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't anything inappropriate, but but it was it was used often. Squad O six. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember mine. I have no idea. Is that because it's embarrassing and you? No, I really it? don't have any idea. Or... Yeah, I can't. I remember the sound and oh, yeah. using it, and we used it at Manchester all the time. Yep. The computer lab. Um, <laughs> the only i mean i wasn't married at the time so a lot of stuff was a brant whatever and it would be a mm-hmm. name used 313 a lot because that was my dorm room number um or lucy love which was my radio name at uh-huh. the radio station in college so so i had, had to two, one of those and days. one of them is actually still my instagram name kmj km jack so kylie melissa jackson KM Jack Attack because I had a friend that called me Jack Attack mm-hmm. in volleyball in oh. like seventh grade, <laughs> and so that's to this day that's my Instagram handle. Nice. Uh, then the other one was <laughs> Putt or Die two thousand four. Mm. So I was that's a golfer. golfer, and I had a friend recently it was like who said, "Yeah, your name on AOL it was Pooter D, right?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no. "That's <laughs> great." <laughs> What did you think that meant? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely unique. <laughs> that is. That's going to be a t-shirt merch <laughs> idea right there. there. Pooterdy. <laughs> <laughs> that is now your new nickname for me. Okay. You want to change your name on my phone? <laughs> Pooterdy. Uh, what posters did you have uh, hanging on your wall in your room growing up? 
I was a huge Bo Jackson. Still, I'm a huge Bo Jackson fan. Again, baseball guy. Uh, Bo Jackson was 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 it was the premier athlete growing up. So I had a Bo Jackson. I definitely did the um, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. You know, out of the <laughs> I can't even think what those magazines were called, but she was kind of my first like Tiger Beat. Yeah, Tiger Beat. Yeah, it was, it was like my big first crush. And usually those would get put up with like a, a thumbtack. <laughs> yep. But you just the, take them down periodically. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the the Michigan Wolverine, Detroit Tiger posters, and, and definitely Bo Jackson. But there were some 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 ripouts from Tiger Beat. <laughs> some ripouts from Tiger Beat. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So I had new kids on the block up in my room mm. at the time. Um, I was also a big fan of um, Stevie Nicks, and so she was reasonably big coming out on her own at that point in time. So I had a couple of Stevie Nicks posters and that type of thing, but mostly I had a really unique room. I didn't have drywall. I had um, like this wood paneling that wasn't the typical wood paneling. It was actually wood boards. So mm. kind of like a, I don't know what they call it, shiplap or whatever. Mm-hmm. So my parents were like, don't put stuff on the wall. Uh, so a limited space for those kinds of things. Gotcha. I remember having Backstreet Boys. Oh, okay. Keep in mind, she's quite a bit younger than we are, Steve. <laughs> uh-huh. no. I had Backstreet Boys, and I also had, um, I remember JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. From, mm. uh, he was in Home Improvement at the time. Right. So uh, that was a big one for me. And then I also had one big poster, and it was a collage of like my 10 favorite golfers. Mm. Nice. Uh, so it had like Payne Stewart and Paul Azinger and... This was like the you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, I went looking for it recently. I, I carried it around for a while just because it was so f- funny to and like Davis love. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like a 15 year old girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Old white <laughs> men on her wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't find it. So I think it, it may have uh, finally been recycled. But OK, we'll do uh, one or two more. What's your go-to snack right now? Oh. Apples. I've fallen in love with the popcorners. Popcorn. Yes. Um, the, and there was a Super Bowl commercial with the Breaking Bad. Um, I can't think of their character name, but but the popcorners I really like because there's a bunch of different flavors. They're kind of like like healthy Doritos or whatever, but mm. we really enjoy What's those. What's your favorite flavor? You know, I kind of, I really like the kettle corn popcorners are really good. Um, my like kids a, like the white cheddar ones there's a, and the white cheddars are good there's a, like a spicy queso that's really good I mean they're all we've we've yeah all right Kylie what's yours it's, it's popcorn for me I, I haven't tried that brand but uh any popcorn yeah. I make it a lot at home but uh yeah, go to because it's versatile right sure. you, can, you can throw some like, M&Ms in there right? if you want something sweet mm-hmm. and uh, or you can just put a pound of butter in if that's, if that's, <laughs> that's what you want to do. <laughs> I always hated it when butter would shrivel up popcorn, though. Oh, no. uh, yeah. Put the melted butter on it and it shrivels. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> Never noticed that. Uh, all right. What was your favorite uh, cartoon growing up? Thundercats. Yep. Thunder, <laughs> Thundercats was a really good one. Um, He-Man. Watched a lot of He-Man again, kind of the same, mm-hmm. again, same era. Um, you know, I was thinking about this Heathcliff. I don't know if you remember yep. Heathcliff on Nickelodeon. Yeah, that was 
those were those were fun. We we were Saturday morning cartoon. We would get Absolutely. up and, and mm-hmm. just lay in front of the TV, and it was a one big like box TV on the floor. <laughs> on the floor, <laughs> that you'd have to punch the numbers in. And yeah. we thought it was cool because it had like a, a number, like it was a you touch, could pick a number, you could pick a number. You, you didn't, didn't have to, you didn't have to turn it. it. Right, you turn it. You know that's how fancy we were. Yeah, in Angola, Indiana. <laughs> Yes. 1990. Yeah. <laughs> you had to sit close enough that you could just reach up right, and touch right, it. Right. <laughs> you have a long stick. <laughs> you were lucky you had a little sibling that you could right. con into yeah. getting up and doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine was probably, uh, I watched a lot of Nickelodeon, so maybe like Doug or Rugrats or something like that. But we also PBS, so probably Arthur. Mm. Uh, we'll say we had like sesame street and um i watched like original looney tunes a lot like the wiley coyote and and three stooges really i Mm. was raised on three stooges not a not a cartoon but we watched a lot of three even still watch three stooges i mean i'm very loyal three stooges (laughs) (laughs) all right who's your favorite character or you know i think the the basic answer would be Curly, but I love Mo, and, and again, just the, I, I guess that's maybe the leadership factor of the, of the group, but, um, but they're all great. If that's not a book, it should be. The the leadership. The leadership. I mean, they make leadership, leadership books out of everything. The leadership according to Mo Howard. <laughs> there yes. you go. That's, yep. you should write that book. My, there's my afternoon. There's, there's your my book. Afternoon. Yeah. I always liked Larry because he played the violin, and so did I, mm-hmm. so. Yep. <laughs> There's a very, and very and, <laughs> and he had the crazy hair. I mean, historically, I mean, he was a very talented violinist, amazing violinist. Yeah. So he was always my my favorite with the crazy hair and just kind of out there and watched things happen and laughed at everybody else. But so, if you haven't figured out for today, we have a great guest with us. Steve Quarter is here. He is the uh, current a. Uh, assistant superintendent yeah i've got a lot of different titles um (laughs) i think officially my title is co-principal i'm working alongside rachel resch at the high school um but i serve a lot of different roles at the central office i don't even have a physical office at the high school anymore um but i'm assisting leslie uh as in her role as a superintendent so Again, there's a lot of different titles to my position. So, yeah, a lot um, of hats. A lot, lot of hats. Answer hat. to a lot yep. of names. Yep. 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 <laughs> they call you Mr. Q, right? Mr. Q. Mr. Yep. Q of Mississippi uh, School System. So we're excited to have you on today. I met you our freshman year of college at Manchester. Um, didn't really expect to, you know, it's one of those things like college friends, mm-hmm. then off you go. And lo and behold, I walk into a room and there you are. I'm like, yep. oh, wait, <laughs> that's cool. Um, so... As you listen to our podcast, you know kind of the format. So just give us an idea of where you started and how you landed here in Grant County. Sure. So I, I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and we moved when I was little. Um, I was probably three or four. We moved to Angola, which is just across the the border into Indiana. I think you are our second Angola native. Really? On the podcast. I mm-hmm. think Bill Munn is from Angola. It's yeah. an interesting factoid. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Your nugget for today. Um, but then, uh, you know, grew up in Angola, really my whole life, obviously, in Angola. Um, went to Manchester College at the time. It's a, it's a university now, uh, the Harvard of the Midwest, Manchester of College. It's definitely, if not the Harvard of the Midwest, definitely the Harvard of Wabash County. Absolutely. <laughs> It is um, the undisputed, undisputed, undisputed. Um, 
But that's where I met my, I met my now wife, um, our, our, the second semester of our freshman year. And, uh, we really hit it off and, uh, began our courtship and, and actually got married the summer before our senior year. And, um, I think that that's about when she, you know, as we're kind of planning next steps, she's like, I think I want to live in Gas City. And I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> um, but here we are, uh, 22 She's from years. here originally? She's from, yes, Casey, Casey Schroeder, um, from Gas City, uh, Mississauga grad, 1998 Mississauga grad. Um, and, you know, at that time, I'm like, you know, there's this whole world that we've been exposed to here at Manchester and you want to go home. Um, and now 22 years later, I wouldn't have changed it for, for anything. Mm. So her wisdom again, uh, <laughs> uh, outstretches my wisdom. <laughs> um, and we've, and we've loved ever, every opportunity and uh, chance we've had to be here in, in gas city and in green County. We had another odd connection. So Casey Schroeder, um, is the cousin to one of my best friends from high school. Mm. So that was another connection mm. that we had. So I knew when he started dating her, because she lived above me mm. our freshman year of college, mm-hmm. um, that uh, there was a good likelihood you would probably end up back in this area because that family is very tight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they all live yep. very close together. Mm-hmm. So when you were at Manchester, you um, one of the things I know that you're passionate about is, is playing baseball, mm-hmm. mentoring, teaching kids, that type of thing. Um, what did you graduate with and in with Casey wanting to move back home? What were you looking for? Yeah, so I, I graduated, went to, went to school really to play baseball. Um, I was, I was much more heavily recruited to play football. I had a couple of division one offers to play football and really decided that wasn't what I wanted to do. I was just going to go to ball state and just, I was going to, I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and then Rick Espeset, uh, really recruited me hard to come to Manchester. And I, I knew very little about the Manchester, the school, but I knew the baseball program top 20 in the country. And that was something I wanted to be a part of. So I kind of shifted gears and went to play baseball at Manchester. And that's why I went to Manchester. I knew nothing other than when I went to visit, like this is, I just felt this is where I'm supposed to be to play baseball. Um, and I did, and I played baseball four years, but the, the education, and I tell this to anybody that'll listen to me and I, I'm running out of people to tell, but <laughs> the education I received from that university was phenomenal. Um, the exposure that they, they gave me as an early, as an education major early on in my freshman year to be in the buildings to, again, some of the professors and the experiences they were able to share um, was awesome. So I went there to play baseball, but as I matured, and as I grew um, and as I went through the educational process, um, I fell in love with that school and I, I still support it wholeheartedly today. So a really great opportunity for me, again, to grow as a person in, in a field that I wanted to, and I, I knew I wanted to be a teacher um, and it's just a, a great education school. You mentioned knowing you wanted to be a teacher. What were some of your, those forming experiences that led you to know that so early on? Sure. I think that, you know, Teachers influence kids to be other to, to either get in, want to get into education. Sometimes they influence the other way. I don't <laughs> ever want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And I, I tease and I said this yesterday or Wednesday in a training. I've been in school since I was five. I've had the same calendar. I've had spring break. <laughs> I've had Christmas break. I've had fall break. I mean, I I could not imagine working in the re- the real world. Um, and there's a little bit of resentment with between me and my wife because she goes to work. 
on those breaks because she works in the real world. Um, now, I'm as as I've kind of climbed the ladder in education, I work a lot more than I would have at the beginning of my career. But um, I think, you know, teachers and coaches have really influenced me along the way that this is what I wanted to do. And I, I think, you know, I played three sports in high school. I think that I wanted to be, I wanted to be a PE teacher. I wanted to coach. Um, and again, I got an awesome, awesome experience with that at Manchester. Who, who were some of those PE teachers and coaches? Um, you know, the first one that comes to my mind is Don Harder, um, um, football coach. He was our athletic director. And again, just had really, really, high, and this is old school kind of think Bobby Knight with dark hair, um, just <laughs> old school, you know, there was no way that Don Harder would survive in today's climate. Um, but I really, I responded to that kind of leadership. Not everybody did. Uh, most of us did, but not everybody did. No, I don't think anybody would now. And that's not, that's not wrong or bad, but it's just different. Uh, Don Harder, Jim Spiker, Dan Hostetler, a uh, cool story, cool connection about Dan Hostetler. Dan Hostetler was one of my biggest mentors, freshman coach, uh, coached a couple different sports, varsity basketball coach at, at Angola is a Mississippi grad. Oh. So I have this great connection with this, with Dan Hosteller, who ends up being my future father-in-law's good friend through high school. <laughs> um, so that was really, really cool once we kind of made that connection and I've been able to stay in contact with him. And um, again, to kind of keep that Angola, Mississippi connection. Uh, but there's been a lot of people that have influenced I think Tyson Silvius is another one. He's a, currently the athletic director at Manchester High School. Um, really, you know, some had some high expectations for me um, and really uh, allowed me to kind of rise to my potential. Mm. So, and certainly my parents, you know, that my yeah. parents influenced a lot of that because they would drape us all over North, Northeast Indiana <laughs> to, play, to play these sports. So. Yeah. Is there, do you, and maybe now as you've kind of been a teacher and been through, gone through the ranks, is there a, a through line through all of those coaches and maybe in your own experience that you can identify as like, these are, this is what makes a good coach. Like what, what is that? Yeah. What, you can, you can sense it as, sure. you know, you were a player and a student and now you're seeing it on the other side. Sure. I think the biggest thing, and, and this is, it may seem cliche or token, but the biggest thing is building relationships. You know, students, it doesn't matter what you teach, at what level you teach, and same with coaching, at what level you coach, whether it's youth or middle school or high school, you know, I have an opportunity to work in some outstanding uh, nationally known travel uh, to coach in and assist in uh, some nationally known travel baseball organizations. And it's all about building relationships, uh, making those kids understand that you are in their corner and that you will go to bat for them and you will you will fight for them because the more you do that, the more they're going to fight and go to bat for you. Um, you know, you, you can, you can issue these edicts or this, the, I tell my boys all the time, there's a difference between being a boss and being a leader. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the best coaches, the best teachers are leaders first. There are some things that you, know, you just kind of have to boss people around, but, mm -hmm. but I think that leadership and building the relationships is, is so crucial in any, um, any aspect of teaching or coaching, I think is, or even administration. Mm -hmm. um, now that's all I know. I'm be willing mm -hmm. to bet that it's probably the same in any other business, mm -hmm. you know, building that relationship, whether it's your you know, clients, your customers, the people that you work alongside, uh, it's so important um, to have that, that, 
that relationship. And then being a part of a team, um, I think is, is huge. Being a good teammate, um, you know, knowing that you have a role in a team and not everybody can be the scorer or the shortstop or the quarterback, um, but you have an important role in that team. So those are the biggest things is building relationships and, and being a good teammate, I think. I'm taking notes. I'm I'm a first time coach. Really? Starting in the fall. So yep. with girls golf. So yeah, so I think if you, notes. if you do those two things, state championships are just gonna just <laughs> <Those> <laughs> are pouring in. So there's your expectation. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love first it. First year coach, state champ. I love it. We're looking for yeah. it. Love it. Now you know you can reach out to him though and be like, All right, I've got a question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coach to coach, what can you tell me? Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned, though, that your wife works in the real world. Mm-hmm. And so she has a normal schedule. You have more of the student style schedule. So what does that uh, family work life balance look like for you guys? Because you do have children. Mm-hmm. And talk to us a little bit about the family. Sure. And I think that for us, one of the things that we've been really, really good at is not wishing time away. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and that's one of the things I, I try to talk to, you, you know, young families, young parents is don't, Oh, I just can't wait till they're in middle school. Oh, I just can't wait till they're driving. I just can't wait till they're out of high school. We've never done any of that. Knowing that there are certainly um, pros and cons to each of those, those milestones. Um, We've never done that with our boys. Nolan's a junior. He's 17 and Callan is a freshman. He's 15. Um, It's Nolan getting his license has been very convenient for us, but we've never wished you know, oh, I just can't wait. You know, we kind of live in the moment with the boys. Um, and that's been really, really important to us. I think that one of the things that we do really, really well, and that, again, we are intentional about, we are at every event, you know, we're at every math bowl, we're at every awards event, we're at every football game, basketball game, baseball game. They, they both play three sports. Um, but we also still date. Uh, we still go. And it's it's been easier now that the boys are older because, they can stay home and <laughs> home alone and I've got cameras. So the 17 year old doesn't have, you don't have to worry right. about the 17 year old having his girlfriend over. Right. Absolutely. Um, and when you say date, you mean going out on dates with yeah, your wife. Right. Uh, yeah. We just go. Yeah. Well, you know, we make a, a point for us to, to go out to dinner, yeah. you know, whether that's somewhere here in Grand County or we go to Fort Wayne, we've got some favorite spots in, in Indy. Um, just, you know, and sometimes we meet, you know, we go out with other couples. We meet my best friend from high school in Fort Wayne. We try to do that once a month. So doing those little things, that kind of gives us the balance of the the speed of my job and the busyness of my job, plus the busyness of our boys playing three sports. You know, basketball ended last Tuesday. They've already had baseball practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and that's, we don't know any different. They don't know any different. Yeah. And we talk all the time how much, you know, we don't love this, but we're going to miss it. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we just stay in that moment is really, really important to us. And we still, you know, we still spend time together. We still, you know, court each other, which has been good for our boys to see that as well, that we're not just so solely invested in just you right. that, you know, that our marriage isn't, it's one of the things that isn't we really a priority. So on. what are some of your face, favorite places in Grant County that you choose to go to? I think we we probably go to Casa Brava three times a month. <laughs> um, and maybe you know, we typically go after church. Um, but even there are a couple midweeks, like, let's just go. Mm-hmm. Um, we love Pains and Gas City. Absolutely love Pains. Um, those are two of our kind of our frequent 
frequent like, hunts. Yeah, frequent. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna do one or the other. Um, now we have we have spent a mint at McDonald's in Gas City, <laughs> uh, Arby's in Gas City. Um, we've had a lot of meals on the go. Yeah, and a lot of car meals. A lot of car meals, and that's just the the nature of again the, yeah, the season. season the you're season in. we're yep. in yeah. with our boys, but we have really tried to do everything we can to eat together, even mm-hmm. if it is in the car. In the car. On the way to yeah. something from right. something else. Right. <laughs> I love that advice, though, about not wishing it away. Sure. Because I think you can sometimes get overwhelmed by the stage you're in, but then once it's gone, you know, yep. you're know you not getting it back. Yep. Um, Where We Landed is supported today by Moving Real Estate, a full-service real estate firm serving Grant County. With a combined total of over 90 years' experience, our agents strive to handle each client with professionalism while navigating the ever-changing real estate market. Our focus is to provide exceptional service and build a long-term relationship with our clients as they embark upon their dream home journey. There's no better feeling for us than helping people reach their home ownership goals. If you're ready to make a move, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit our website at movingrealestate.net or give us a call at 765-674-MOVE, M-O-V-E. That's 765-674-M-O-V-E. Yeah, my and my grandmother uh, one time always encouraged me to kind of that live in the moment type thing, but she always said, enjoy life for what it's giving you today. Mm. And that was the piece that, we were jokingly this morning, I said I was done parenting my 17-year-old because he's been riding my nerves the last few weeks. <laughs> he's got it all figured out. Oh, he's a genius. <laughs> yep. And the fact of the matter is he actually is really intelligent. Uh-huh. However, his just general thought process for how that intelligence is used is a whole other story. Um, but you are in that space. Like I'm, I have one more year with him. Mm-hmm. This is the second to last baseball season I have. Right. And as much as I have my personal heater and I'm all bundled up and I hate the fact that I'm freezing my butt <laughs> off in the stands, like it's going to be one of the last times yep. I do that. And yep. so, um, so yeah, just, I think that is really, really important is just to enjoy what life is giving you at that particular mm-hmm. point in time. Um, what are you had shared with us? Um, in the green room, some of the things that have been influential and impactful to you. And I know that you have a, a very specific story that you want to um, share and be vulnerable with uh, because it has shaped your life. Um, and I want to make sure we have the opportunity for you to do that. So what? Sure. And um, one of the biggest things for me growing up, you know, I mentioned all those those coaches and, and fine people that, that were huge advocates of mine, but there was none bigger than my dad. Um, you know, my dad coached everything. He, you know, he worked sometimes, you know, he worked thirds quite a bit uh, as we were growing up, but almost always had two different jobs. Uh, he worked at consolidated freightways, loading trailers, uh, worked on the freight docks, um, you know, port cement in the summers. I mean, he just, he was always working and he was working just basically to give us the essentials. Um, we didn't have you know, the latest and the greatest of everything, but he did a very good job of, as we were growing up, I'm the oldest of six, but the four boys, um, my mom and dad had four boys. Um, they did a very good job of instilling that work ethic in us. Um, he worked really hard. My mom took care of, you know, there were four boys under five. So my mom, that was her job was to take care of the four of us mutants. Um, <laughs> and, and again, phenomenal mother, um, gr- just a great 
great example um, for how we're, the importance of work ethic and and doing your very best to provide for your family. My parents divorced when I was 13, which was hard for us. Um, obviously, as a family, uh, it's kind of it's obvious. But um, my mom moved back to Michigan uh, and took my two youngest brothers. So the four of us split up. Uh, the two old, oldest boys stayed in Angola with my dad, and the two youngest, um, Dusty and I. I'm the oldest. Dusty is uh, number two. Um, Mikey is number three and Matt's number four. So splitting Mike and Matt going back to Michigan to live with my mom, that was hard, you know, so it was kind of like a, a double split. Mm. We, we lost, lose our, my mom, but she was in Michigan and then uh, we were in Angola and, um, you know, so that was hard, but we, we got to, you know, we spent, still spent a lot of time together. My parents' relationship was, was very amicable. Uh, my dad did remarry. Uh, he ended up having two more kids, uh, Grant. Um, so there were five boys now, and he he kept going. <laughs> we did we did have trying to uh, get that girl. We did, we did, we did get that girl, um, McKenna, my youngest sibling is my uh, my only sister. Um, so they parents split up. We split up. We kind of had our lives established in Angola. The boys went and did really really well in in Michigan. Um, and then dad remarried, um, but life really kind of crumbled for him. Um, I went, I went away to college and I was kind of his, I was, I was a little bit of his connection to just um, reality, but, but definitely a, a grounding force for him. I went away my sophomore year. Um, his second wife filed for divorce. She's now taking her two kids with her. Uh, he lost his job because they were, they filed for bankruptcy and closed the doors. Um, and unfortunately, uh, December of my sophomore year, he took his life. And that was devastating for me because obviously I lost my dad, but he was my best friend. I mean, we talked, I talked to him every single day. Mm. Um, and it was a challenge for me um, to get through that. I'm 20 years old. I'm the oldest of six. I'm now in charge. Um I'm, in, I'm the executive of the estate. I have to sell the house. I have to go through all these things. That year, my sophomore year, I played football at Manchester. So now I'm playing two sports in mm -hmm. college. Um, and I had a choice to make. You know, I had a choice to, to decide, okay, I need to go home and take care of this. I need to go home and take care of this. These kids, these my younger siblings. I had to, you know, my mom had, had from Michigan moved to Florida. She was coming back to kind of help. Um, but I felt, the urgency, like maybe this, maybe I shouldn't stay here. Mm. Um, and then I, as I thought about it, and again, with, with great counsel from, from Casey and her parents, what, what's the best way for me to honor him, you know, for me to run home and, 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 you know, find a, a good paying job in Angola and try to take care and manage things or to stay at Manchester and finish this. And that's what I chose to do is, is to stay. And, and that was, for me, was the best way to honor him. I still do all the work mm -hmm. of running the estate and selling the house and all those things. Um, so I was a little bit numb because of all the responsibilities that were immediately. You had, um, you had a task list of things to sure, do that allowed um, you to be So that as those things started to diminish, that's when you know, the emotion of all of this, and I certainly had my emotional times, but the emotion of all that kind of overwhelmed me. And so mental health has always been, looking back now, there were tons of red flags, but as a 20-year-old 20, 20 playing two sports in college, trying to 
trying to do college, do, right? Just college. <laughs> on top of that, on top yeah. of those two full-time jobs of, you know, SP wanted me doing baseball mm-hmm. things, you know, obviously coach Harms wanted me doing the football things. Um, that was, it's hard. Um, and I'm so thankful that I stuck with it. I'm so thankful that, that I, that's the, the choice that we made to honor him that way. Um, but, but now as I, as I matured, mental health is so important to me, um, being a part of, um, and not just suicide, but being a part of people working through these tough times and, and having a little grit and working through, but I also believe in talking some of these things out, um, and having a place to go and having a, a trusted friend or having, again, whether it's friend, family, church, but also having those community partners, um, you know, here in Grant County, Radiant Health is a perfect example um, to, to come alongside to, and we can point as, as community leaders, we can point to and say, this is where you can go. Um, so that mental health piece is, is so important to me um, as I've matured and as I've grown. Um, but losing my dad that way was, was hard. Uh, and it's hard every day. Um, there's a range of emotions that I go through each and every day because I think about them every day. Um, but it's it's something that I've learned to kind of cope with and deal with. And there are, sometimes there are times where I'm not really mad, and there's other times that I'm just I'm sad that I miss him. But but knowing the um, the impact that I've used that again to honor him and stay in school and do the things that I've done, but then to really pour into some mental health um, uh, organizations has, again, has helped me sustain his legacy. Yeah. And you talked to you about um, how that has impacted now when you became a father, especially a father of two boys that are playing all of these multiple sports in those moments um, and how that's impacted you in that space. Um, And we talked and shared about how we talk about mental health and challenges that we have to our children, um, what they see, what they understand. Can you, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Sure. And I think that one of the things that I've really, uh, that's been important to me is to talk about it, is to, to not shy away from, you know, the, the, the S word or or suicide or, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's real, it's here, it's, it's, it's in our homes, it's in our schools, it's in our communities. So it's real. Um, and when I talk about my dad and when I talk about, you know, the life that I had with him and then now the life I've had now without him, um, I do get emotional with, especially with the boys, because I think about, first of all, I think, I think about all the things that I say and like, oh my goodness, I sound so, so much, much like, like my dad. <laughs> like, like scary. Like even my mom's like, Hey, that's, you sound just like your dad. And I'm like, is that a compliment? (laughs) Um, But I just think about him, him missing all of this. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't hard for him to miss the things that I've done, but it's been hard for me for him to miss the things they've done. Mm. Um, And that's, that feeling um, is something I've really had to forge through um, in any success they've had academically, you know, Cal was when Cal was a uh, elementary school. He won the drug bowl. You know, he went on to the the regional drug bowl competition, and just having just all those experiences. Um, I just wish he was there with us. Um, you know, my mom's been great, and she has been our rock because um, she's been a part of all those things. Um, 
but you miss your dad. Um, yeah. Again, he and I were so close. We were, we were, we were best friends. And, and so that loss is still there. Uh, but, but I've really chosen to fill that void with um, the importance of mental health and, and not only seeking help, but talking about it. Yeah. For me and my, and my boys have seen me vulnerable. They've seen me cry. And I think that's important. I think it's important that they see that vulnerability, um, that it's okay to be, you know, feel so strongly, so passionately about something that, that it brings you to tears. Um, in and good and bad ways. Sure. Or absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's, there's right. You can be brought to tears and, you know, in joy and in sadness. Um, and they've seen it both ways. So, um, his, his impact, his legacy with me is firm and I've really done a, I've really focused on, you know, extending that, that legacy with the boys as much as I can. You know, they've seen pictures, we've got a, a few home videos, but obviously they never had a chance to meet him. So, yeah. Do you feel, um, you know, having that story, um, impact you in such a way and now the work you do in a school system, do you feel like we are doing everything we can um, from a mental and emotional well-being for our students, or what? What are some? Like, do you feel good about the systems that are in place, uh, Mississippi specifically, because that's sure. what you can speak to. Sure. But in general, in the education system. Well, I don't think in any time in education you can feel like you've made it, like when you've reached the mountaintop. You know, like okay, we're here, and then pretty soon something's going to come knock you down. Um, so I do think that there's always work to be done. Our partnership with Family Services at the time, and now they have merged with Grant Blackford Health, so Radiant Health, mm -hmm. the, the partnership that Mrs. Cinema has with Radiant Health, Radiant Health is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, the work that they're doing in our schools, the partnership that we have with them um, is, is something I'm really, really proud of. So we are doing everything in yeah. our ability and our power. One of the things that I'm really, really proud of at Mrs. Cinema Community Schools is we know our kids, which means we have a relationship with our kids. And there's a lot of research in, in the importance of connectivity, having a connection to your school. You know, a lot of research in school safety and a lot of research in school violence. Those kids, if you look at it, they didn't have a connection. Um, and that's what we do really, really well at Mississippi is our teams and all of our buildings, they know our kids. Our teachers know our kids. Um, our paraprofessionals, our cafeteria workers, our custodians, they all know our kids and having that connection is huge. Mm -hmm. um, where one student may be connected to, you know, Mrs. Resch at the high school, then the same student may be connected to, um, you know, Mrs. Kuykendall, who's a, her English teacher or whatever. So I think having those connections is something that we really have um, prided ourselves on at Mrs. Cinewa, but having those wraparound services of a radiant health and all, and there's others here in Grant County that, that work with our school, but um, radiant health is the one that really that comes to my mind and one that I'm passionate about for a couple of different reasons. I do sit on their board. Um, but, but back to my mental health um, passion for, for mental health, uh, they do a lot of work with our students that way. Yeah. And kind of when you're talking about, building relationships and knowing your students, it's, it goes back to when we asked uh, what makes a good coach, right? right, you, right. Building relationships, yep. knowing that you, they're no them knowing that you're in their corner mm -hmm. and rooting for them. And yep. And I think that one of the things and Leslie Winter, our superintendent has taught me a, a millions of things. Um, but one of the things that she has really impressed upon us is letting kids know that you care about them 
but also holding them to a high standard, mm-hmm. holding them accountable. Um, and that's and and she, I've heard her say it a million times. That's the highest compliment that she can pay to a student, to a staff member, to a spouse, to uh, anybody. Is that I'm willing to I love you so much that I'm willing to hold you to a high standard. That mm-hmm. I'm not willing to diminish what I expect of you to make it easier for you or to make it better for you because in the long run it, it that'll catch up with you. And, and I think that's a lot of her wisdom that I've really tried to impart in the work that I do. So um, I just believe in that. We believe in those high expectations, but you have to know your kids. You yeah. just can't have these empty high, expect, you know, these lofty high expectations or even impossible expectations. And the kids are like, no, what do I, I don't care about you. And if I you, get there, you don't you even don't, care, you don't care so. about me. So yeah. that's one of the things that we do really, really part of that is because of Leslie's very intentional leadership. So you mentioned that your dad was a hard worker, very dedicated to the family, coached the whole nine yards. Um, I know that I see you at the ball field very, very regularly and all the athletic stuff that our boys both played uh, baseball. So what in that space have you been up to recently? Do you coach at the high school level? Do you just? No, I do not. um, I do a lot of coaching. It's usually... Um, to and from in the vehicle. <laughs> um, but no, I'm not doing any kind of formal coaching. I, I really enjoy uh, working with our coaches. Uh, we just had a great uh, luncheon yesterday with some of our, our varsity coaching leaders. Um, and again, imparting some of that experience, I don't want to call it wisdom, but I will say knowledge. <laughs> um, I don't know what age I get to use the word wisdom. I don't feel old enough to use wisdom <laughs> but I, yet. But I feel like every year I'm getting, getting closer, closer to imparting wisdom. <laughs> but the knowledge of building those relationships and, mm-hmm. and making um, these coaches understand that these kids will, if you build that relationship with them, regardless of the sport, if they're willing to run through that brick wall for you, you know, then they're willing to run the out-of-bounds play correctly or they're willing mm-hmm. to butt, get the button down or they're willing to hit a hole-in-one every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, of course, that's our goal. Yeah. It's hit holes-in-one, right? <laughs> every off, time. Every yeah. time. That's a real high compliment, Kylie. <laughs> yeah. He's holding you accountable yeah. to, that, uh-huh. to that goal. Uh-huh. Um, you better build some really strong relationships <laughs> and get yeah. holes-in-one, girl. I think my, my formula may be a little off on that. On that I've never even had a hole-in-one. <laughs> But, she's um, an accomplished golfer. <laughs> but I think that, so working with coaches has, has allowed me to, to stay connected. Obviously the boys um, being involved, but I'm not doing any formal coaching right now. Um, my, my Your job, plate is full. My plate is, my plate is full. <laughs> um, so my job doesn't specifically allow me to, to do that just because of a time, time factor. Right. Talk- oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we've talked a lot about athletics. What are, what other, like on a, what's a day with Mr. Q? Uh, look like I sure. know every day is different. Every but day in is general, different. and that's I think that's part of the. And I've always been kind of a list maker and a, a list crosser offer. I'm one of those that if I did something that wasn't on the list, I'll put it on the list <laughs> just to cross it off. Same. Yep. Yeah. Early in administration, and this is my 17th year as administrator. Um, early, I learned that I can't make those lists and expect you know as a teacher I can make a list and normally I'd get that that list done. As an administrator, the, the list just keeps piling. And so now I be, have become a prioritizer. Mm. Um, but a part of my job uh, that I'm doing now uh, at central office is um, I oversee maintenance technology, maintenance, transportation, technology, and athletics. That's kind of my umbrella. Um, so I'm always working with our director of technology on how we can improve the technology, not only the, inf- the infrastructure at Mississippi, 
but the devices, the teacher devices, the student devices, you know, some of the systems that we have in place um, as far as you know, applying for positions or the way the positions are posted and where they're posted, bringing a lot of those things into the 21st century is, has been something I've been really proud of over the last year and a half. Um, working with the transportation maintenance director, you know, are the buildings, are, are there things that we need to take care of that are emergent in the buildings? Are there things that, you know, that we're missing that we can improve upon? Um, you know, the, our bus inspections are coming up. This Indiana state police come in and they do two, two bus inspections a year. And it's, it's at that time, you know, so are the buses prepared to be inspected? Um, so there's a, there's a lot, you know, athletics again, I, I help with our um, kind of mentor and, and work alongside our, our new athletic director at the, the middle school, but Chan Chung, our athletic director at the high school has had a wealth of experience and, and really just work alongside them to make sure that scheduling and uniforms and practices and communication and all those things are taken care of. So there's a lot there. There are times where I'll go home and Casey say, well, what'd you do today? I'm like, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I worked my I work. tail off, but I don't have, I'm really I don't tired. Have a product. <laughs> yeah. um, and then there's other times where like, I'm so, and, and it happened this Tuesday this week, like I was just focused and dialed in and we're cranking out the work and I look up and it's one I'm like, Holy smokes. You know, I just got here. I, I feel like, <laughs> right. and, yeah. um, and that's, that's the beauty of my job is it, is it, I love the work that I'm doing. There are days I don't like it, but I do love the work. And, and again, working with, with Leslie and, and her leadership is, has been awesome for me. Has it been since you are a transplant to the community and you transplanted here, trailing spouse, following a wife, um, has it been hard to make your own connections and your own friendships or have you relied on that connection? Um, no, now Casey's family is pretty big. Um, and they're, again, they're all guest city. They're all right there. It's a very tight knit family, uh, which I absolutely love. And, you know, I, I joked about when she said, I want to move to guest city. And I said, why? Well, we've doubled down. You know, we've been here for 22 years. I live in main street, guest city, five fifteen, right smack dab in the, in the middle of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but because of my work and because of the networking I've done with our community partners, um, you know, my role, uh, obviously on the Radiant Health Board, I was a uh, part of the uh, guest city area, Chamber of Commerce. I was a part of that, the merger, uh, bringing them to Greater Grant. Um, the, that role, I feel like now I've, I have more of those Grant County roots anyway. Mm-hmm. I think I think Casey still has the the gas city roots, but I've also been an administrator for seventeen years, so I now have students that I had that I'm meeting their children. How's that feel? I'm not getting older. <laughs> As I told a parent, I said, "You guys are getting older. I'm not getting any older. Just because you have a senior and you're you were you know he was born sixteen years ago. That's not me getting older. That's you getting older. Um, so I'm a little bit in denial of that. A little. Um, I mean, you're getting closer to wisdom, wisdom, but it is always unique to, to when we, you know, we go out, we're in the community and, you know, I will talk to people that he's like, who is that? Like, so I have, I I made my own friends. Yeah. So I, right. I have have made those connections. Um, Well, and do you want to brag on Casey a little bit? Because she has the gas city roots moved back home. Um, but yet I feel like the only time I ever see her is at a sporting event. So you want to brag on what yeah, she, she's an occupational therapist. She's worked through with IU health her entire career, 18 years. Um, she spends 
Tuesdays and Thursdays morning at um, Ball in Muncie. But she's the team lead at Blackford Community Hospital in Hartford City. She's there every day. Um, yeah, she's it, man. I mean, she does it all. And I feel like I do a lot as a husband, as a dad. I mean, she works circles around me. Um, she is phenomenal. Um, from the time she gets up to the time that she falls asleep, whatever show we're watching I mean, <laughs> on, on the couch. So, um, but she's, yeah, she's a phenomenal, um, phenomenal occupational therapist. She has a great team and, and they really rely on her. She is, she's a, an amazing wife. I mean, again, the, the, the things that, that my job has, has forced me to do, um, as far as supervision and being away from the home, you know, and, and, for three years of that, 17 years, I coached varsity baseball and the boys were little then. I mean, so we've endured a lot as a, as a couple, as a family, but she's been, she's been awesome. And she's a great mom. You know, she takes, she runs, she runs a tight ship at that house. And <laughs> all, all three of us kind of fall in line. Um, but she does, again, she puts her family first. And, and that's one of my favorite things about her and, and our, our life is the importance of our family. Yeah, so she falls asleep watching TV, which kind of leads us to the what are you? <laughs> yeah, our watching? time our time has absolutely flown by. Yeah. So we can't we can't let the the episode pass without asking the the age old question: What are you reading, watching, and listening to? We are stuck in the 1920s in a good way. Uh, we watched um, 1923. We love Yellowstone, so we watched the prequel 1923. Um, and none of this is intentional. Like it just kind of dawned on me. Um, We've been watching Peaky Blinders, which is set in the in the twenties, yep. and then we just this weekend watched the the Banshees of Sharon, which is also in the twenties. So we're kind of across the globe, <laughs> but in the early twenties, um, <laughs> which which we absolutely uh, have loved. And there are times where, and I'm and she's going to kill me for saying this, but <laughs> we have to rewatch an episode <laughs> because she's like, I don't remember this. Okay, let's start it over. Because <laughs> you were sleeping. <laughs> I have always said that I wish Netflix had like a, it, it has, are you still watching? Right. It's like, it should resume from where I fell asleep. Right, it right. should know. Hey, like, I, again, I'm sure that's coming. Our phones know yeah. everything else about right. us. Like, I'm, you should coming. know when I fell asleep and restart it there. And I get so mad because I'm like, stop judging me. I'm binge watching. <laughs> yes, I'm still watching this. Yeah. <laughs> but she works hard, but she yeah, she gets it very honest. Uh, her parents, <laughs> Nolan Beth Schroeder, her dad, and he's one of those that I'm just resting my eyes. Yep. Um, but he, um, but yeah, so we're, we're stuck in the twenties uh, and, and we love it. We absolutely love it. So what are you reading or listening to? I just started a book. Um, it's one of Stephen Covey's latest books called trust and inspire. Again, it's a leadership book. Uh, I really, that's kind of where I go. That's my go-to genre, if you will, is that is leadership. Um, again, different styles of leadership, diff different implementations of those leadership styles and, um, you know, what they look like across across the globe and, and how I can, how I can make them work, not only certainly my job, but it, even in my, my family with, with the boys. And, um, again, maybe that's where you'll use the leadership with Mo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they, again, they're also three Stooges fans and I just, I'm just happy to, to that's another important part of my legacy to, to pass on is, is the, the love of the three Stooges. Mine was Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Yeah. Pass that on to the boys. Gavin thinks it's dumb. Hunter loves it. Are, uh, are you a podcast guy? I'm not a podcast guy. We do. We are, um, members of Indiana public radio. Um, so we do listen to, so, so I'm kind of out of the loop, like on, on pop current popular music we do listen to. And I probably listen to more music than Casey does, but, um, 
you know, I'm kind of into country. Tyler Childers, Sturgill mm-hmm. Simpson. I, you know, I like Morgan Wallen. Jason Isbell. Yes. Yeah. I, so that's kind of my go-to music right now. I'm pretty eclectic with my music. Mm-hmm. Although, and again, this is me getting older or getting wiser. <laughs> I like that. The stuff the boys listen to, I just feel like my dad. I'm like, this is garbage. Turn this <laughs> off. Have you ever then went back and listened to like some of the nineties music we listened to? Absolutely. And I'm like, Oh my God, my parents were right. This no, is crap. No, what was absolutely. I listening to? Absolutely. And I'm like, Hey, what are you listening to? It's no to? different like, to what they're listening to now. And like, it just sounds so much worse. Right, you can't listen to this. Like, dad, this is your CD. <laughs> yeah, right? or whatever. You know, this is your playlist. Oh my God. Um, yeah. But yeah, good that's mom so that, with a hood playlist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Nice. Well, Steve, it's been a real pleasure having you on. The time has flown by. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for the work you continue to do and what you pour into the young people in our community. And thanks for joining us. Um, If you're listening at home, uh, make sure you're like, follow, so you get updated when we drop our next episode. We will see you next week. Thank you, Bye. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.